It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The final Furlong podcast is sponsored by Unibet. Sign up now using code ATR-30 to get your welcome offer. BeGambleAware.org. 18 plus. The final Furlong podcast is brought to you in association with AtTheRaces.com, the ultimate resource for racing fans. Welcome along to the first of two weekend previews on the final Furlong podcast because it is an epic weekend's racing in store and it's all live on At The Races and you can get the best coverage of the St. Ledger meeting on AtTheRaces.com as well. There is a dedicated St. Ledger site which features all all the very best information that you need and it's at attheraces.com and of course you're going to get the very best information from well not so much from me emma's kennedy but certainly from at the races pundit kevin blake hello and from rory delargy hello from me who i'm sure has just written his irish field article so that'll be available for you on saturday as well uh, the... I, don't, I don't know about that kenners by the sounds over there he's, he's playing the online roulette again there so he might be a bit distracted <laughs> well this is true um and uh, we've had many tweets an alarming amount of tweets coming into us saying is rory playing online roulette i can assure you <laughs> i can assure you he's not um if he is can you, can you hear that sound now we hear that sound all as far as i'm concerned this is this is silent as far as i'm concerned yeah. i find out i find out just where to hit the laptop really hard with a hammer to stop it making a noise yeah it's the, so if you're, it's still, the fan, if you're still hearing the roulette wheel then it is the fan yeah it's yeah. the fan in rory's laptop which is a big fan is of that what... uh, I was what it was. big fan he's, he's a big fan big fan of your work and uh, he's always trying to muscle in on the podcast. And despite Rory's best efforts, it still manages to do so. But don't worry, Rory is not addicted to online roulette. That well, what I always thought it was, was you know, you know those things you'd see on, on the, like go behind doors so that the door doesn't smack off the wall? Yes. Kind of catch it and go. That's what it always sounded like to me. So you thought you thought somebody was just playing with that incessantly in the background. They want to roar his children, just... Yeah, well, I, in fairness, I used to do that when I was a child. Oh, me too. <laughs> it wouldn't be surprising. Well, I didn't, so yep. don't know what you two nutters are doing. Right, let's talk kiki, about... Kiki the... horse, kiki foal, is this, eh? <laughs> Let's talk about the feature race at Doncaster. It is the William Hill St. Ledger, Group 1, and it's quite the race this year. Frankie Dettori and John Gosden team up with the hugely exciting... La Tidar, just the 10-length win last time out at York. Aidan O'Brien and Ryan Moore team up with Q Gardens. Uh, group 1 winner 
at Longchamp in the Paris Longchamp even in the Grand Prix de Paris and third in the recognized trial for this race at York uh, the winner of that race was Old Persian for Charlie Appleby and William Buick he's coming in at 8 to 1 it's 9 to 4 about Q Gardens 15 to 8 best price about Latidar and then Southern France who's been a long term project of Kevin Blake's 14 to 1 Shamey gets the ride and DXB has his 97th start of the season with Sylvester D'Souza on board at 16 to 1. Rory, is Latidar the right favourite for the St. Ledger? Absolutely not, in my Aww. opinion. I concur. Um, <laughs> my my two-year-old son does that now. He goes, what? <laughs> and he's brilliant at it. The final for the podcast, um, Shaping Minds. He's very- He's very softly spoken generally, but he uh, he does that. He copies his brother, but he does it so much better. Um, no, I don't. I mean, she's a. It was a really impressive performance last time out, but you know, beating Light of Joy ten length. What would Light of Joy finish in St. Ledger? How far behind the others would Light of Joy finish? About ten about, about, about forty lengths. You about, thought? I I would say ninety lengths behind Zabriskie. Yeah, well, in fairness, some of us are blinded by other things there. But, um, you know, she was clearly better than the bare result. She looked very impressive. But I'm always wary of horses who look really impressive in lower class races. Yeah. And it, wa- it wasn't even a particularly strong listed event, which she blew apart. I'm not suggesting for a second that she's just the listed performer. Um, but that would have been the obvious prep for the Park Hill Stakes um, if they were thinking along traditional lines. Um, and she is clearly very talented, and she's very lightly raced, and she should step forward again. But this, this is a big, um, this is a big step up in terms of of the kind of company she's keeping. And I like to back horses in classic races with either a bit of classic form, or at least having had a look in um, in proper Group One company. Mm. Um, and there's an awful lot of potential upside to her. But I think we always tend to overrate potential upside. We want to believe that horses who look really good could be incredibly good when there's also, you know, the flip side of that is that it's easy to look good against moderate opposition. Um, so while she is, she's um, more than likely to play a part and she's a very interesting contender, she is underpriced for me and she's not guaranteed to stay either, is she? No, that was, you know, if, was if, the if, other if they didn't have say. the ammunition that they had for the arc, she would not be going anywhere near the ledger. Yeah. She'd be going to France instead. Um, and it's, you know, Frankie Dettori can't ride two of them in the arc. So he's been very busy convincing them that the ledger is the ideal race. But well, he, he effectively, as, in he... the words of Mandy Rice Davis, which I don't get to say often enough, he would say that, wouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> well, we did say this immediately after um, her last start, didn't we? It was odd how keen Frankie was to talk up the same ledger and we, well, we did think there was an almost, element of the, Ru- the Ruby Walshes about Yeah, this. he almost yeah, boxed the connections in that like straight away he was saying to Lydia, oh, the St. Ledger, that's what we're going to go for. And it, it kind of, I, I think it might have boxed connections in a little bit. Um, the, the point that Rory makes, Kevin, about just how much potential Latidar has, and that's very obvious, and she was hugely exciting. And when we spoke to Nick Luck, looking back on, on York, he was saying that his highlight was that hour of Sea of Class and Latidar putting up the performances that they did. But if she was four to one for this race, you could be in some way interested. She's fifteen to eight best price. It's very, very short. 
It is, yeah. You know, it's a price-based conversation. This, as it always should be. And look, I don't mind her. You know, you couldn't but be impressed with her visually last time. Uh, I wouldn't be certain she'd stay. You know, she was very powerful late on, but she didn't look slow to me. And um, this represents a big step up in class. It'll be a very different type of race. I can only imagine they'll go a good, uh, certainly an even pace, if not a little bit more than that. Um, over an, an extended mile six, you know, people forget that it's 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 an an additional half furlong on top of the mile six here. It's a proper test of stamina generally, and um, I've nothing against her. I, I'll I let her go and win at a two to one ish, but that's the I I wouldn't be surprised if she lengthens a little bit closer to the time because that seems uh, sometimes when a horse that's a kind of a questionable runner for a race finally gets confirmed, um, the market reacts a little bit too much in their favour. And um, once the cold light of day uh, breaks and, um, you know, the market matures a little bit more, um, she might just venture back out to a more realistic price. And Saturday morning, you're going to have bookmakers wanting to do account acquisitions and they'll try and be competitive, or at least you'd like to think they would for a classic. So surely there'll be bigger prices available Saturday morning. Um, if Latidar is not your idea of the bet, then who is Kevin? Um, before I move on to the bet, we better deal with the other market leader. I think it's, it's probably a fair way of doing this because I'm going to be having a few, a, a couple of darts here at bigger prices. I don't, I don't okay. know how Rory's going to approach it. But, All right, so, so um, spoiler alert straight away, you're not going to be back in Kew Gardens. I would argue no. that he's now a bigger price than we would have expected. You're getting 9-4 to four about him. Um, he has beaten one of his rivals in this race already. And he is a steadily progressive horse. You were there at York when he ran such a fine race um, to be behind Old Persian. And, and to me, that looked like very much a race of, of bringing him on. Stable is on fire, having had a, a torrid time earlier in the season. Um, and I, I like his profile an awful lot for this. I think he's quite solid. But So what is your argument against him? Um, nothing really, only that he's never really looked a top-class cold to me. He's he's improving away very steadily. Um, like he won the Southless Group 1 um, in a little while over over Parry Longchamp there in July. You know, last time he carried a penalty for that in the Voltaire, and he ran well. He ran, you know, clearly suggesting that the step-up and trip would be a help to him. He's always looked a bit on the slow side, to be fair to him. Um, you know, he obviously won the Queen's Vase. And I just, I've not especially against him, other than I just think that he'd be, he'd be a prime candidate now to, to finish second here and run a good solid race. You know, I think I'd much rather go with something a little bit less exposed, something open to improvement over the longer trip at a much bigger price than he is. Oh, he's rock solid. I'm not going to put anyone off him. You'd be disappointed if he didn't run very well, but... I just think there might be a bit more value in, in, in having a poke at something that might improve past them. Um, and, and I don't, you know, and you, you say the stable had a torrid time. I, I, I don't think we should fall into the trap of overreading into that. You know, there clearly was an issue there. But, you know, if you look statistically, it, it wasn't all that bad. I know people are focusing on the number of group ones and all that. But, you know, they're... They're comparing it to last year, which was a bit of a one of those years where everything pretty much went right. Well, last year you know, was, I don't, was exceptional. Yeah, I, I don't think it's been terrible for Bally Doyle. You know, as as I think Jerry Lyons was quoted as saying there recently, I wish my I wish my horses were as sick as Aidan O'Brien's. <laughs> um, you know, so I, I wouldn't like to overdo that. I wouldn't like to be upgrading horses 
and what they've done too much, you know. Yeah. And I'm go I'm going to go on to to talk up a couple of Bally Doyle horses here. Um, but my angle into them is not oh there was an illness in the yard maybe they can step up. My angle would be there was an illness an illness in the yard and they clearly ease back on a few of them there in high summer. And I think they can improve from their most recent runs purely in fitness terms because they were, they were backed off a little bit. Mm. Um, Q Gardens obviously kept booting on the way the whole way through. And again, I, I don't want to be knocking the horse. You know, he's, 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 he's grand. He's grand, but I don't think I don't think <laughs> he's any better than that. Ever, ever what what is grand come in the in the Kevin Blake grandometer? It's, it's, it's he, better he, than fine, but it's not yeah. good. Yeah, he, he's <laughs> just he is better than fine though. We can we can have yeah, that yeah. rating there, but he's At not the price. He, he's grand. You back him a nine to four. I'm sure he'll represent you well. He may well go and win. But I just think there, there's sneakier angles into this that could be potentially more lucrative. All right. Well, let's get Rory's assessment of Kew Gardens. So as well, you've heard what Kevin has to say. How do you assess the Group One Grand Prix de Paris winner? Uh, much as I have through the seasons, as we discussed him at various times, he is solid. But you know, the the um, the Queen's Vase is a Group Two. Um, which has only recently been raised to that status. It's getting better, and it will be a better race again next year. And the um, uh, the Grand Prix de Paris ended up not being a very competitive race. Um, I don't think he had to improve an awful lot to win that. Uh, he did shape well on the voltage last time out. You, you, you know, he, his chances there for all to see. But I agree with Kevin that he's been he's been marginally overrated all season. Not massively so, but just enough to. Uh, for him not to make an awful lot of appeal at, at um, the current prices, um, and again, you know, even even this defeat last time might make people keener to back him for this race um, because he shipped he shipped particularly well coming from the back of the field there, and he was giving weight away. And when you crunch the numbers, he came out as the best horse. But it's never it's never something that really excites me about a horse. I, again, I want to back for a classic that although he was beaten last time out, um, he emerged as the best horse of the weights. Um, when you're back in the likes of See the Stars um, or um, Dancing Brave or Frankel, you don't make excuses for defeats going into into Group 1 races. Uh, and he could he could easily win Kew Gardens. Again, I, I see him very much the same as, as Kevin. I think his chances is, is there for all to see. I think he's more solid than most, but he it's just hard to argue that there's any, any value angle um, with him because there are a couple of interesting horses in there. And I suspect that at least one of them will be uh, that I like will be one that Kevin likes as well. So, right. so, it, so in a nutshell, Rory, Q Gardens, he's grand. <laughs> he's just grand. No, no more. He's than just, that. Grand. just grand. No, not grand. So grand. So grand. So is a little bit better than grand, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. No. No. no that, that's that's not a it's Kevin more, Blakeism. That's not a Kevin Blakeism. That that's an Irishism. But but a, a Blakeism is fine. Well, can you ask me again? He's fine. ask me how he is. Ask me how he is. How? So how do you rate him? He's grand. You see, it, it's not the grand that counts. It's the ah. It's that it's that high pitched tone at the start. Uh, so we're keen to take on the two market leaders then. Um, and with that in mind, Kevin, it looks as though you may very well be on a similar line of thinking, or are you? Because Aidan O'Brien is also saddling the Pentagon, Nelson, Zabriskie, and Southern France, and I suspect that's the horse that you're more interested in. Yeah, he'd be one of two. Um, he's probably the, the main one. 
Um, and look, he's just been a bit of a project, and he's he's getting there with every start, improving literally with every start. And you know, I just I just was taken with Aidan O'Brien's comments about him going into Royal Ascot. You know, talking about how much of a baby he was and how he felt it would, it would probably just be too soon in his development. And um, and he shaped that way. You know, he just it was all a bit much for him at Ascot. He was well off the pace, loads to do, and ended up finishing off really strongly. Um, and I suspect he was one of those that when the, the the bit of a bug was doing the doing the rounds, they said, "Okay, whoa, we'll take a little ease back with you. You're a big baby. We're not, we're not going to try and push you through this." So they've g- given him a little freshen up. He's come back into the Irish and Ledger trial at the Curra. I was hoping he might go and win, but look, with the benefit of hindsight, um, he's finished fourth. I was actually really happy with what he did. You know, when I took a step back from the performance, looked at the overall context coming into it. Um, off the back of a two-month break when he probably was, you know, properly freshened up. And the way the race went was just all wrong for him. He was just in the wrong spot. Um, too much to do, really. And Shamey gave him a lovely, considerate ride with a view to the future. Um, ran on well. And, um, you know, was never closer than he was at the line. And I just think that they'll probably think the ledger, right, this is this is his day. We're going to go for test of stamina. Should really play to his strengths. He should really have benefited from his last two runs um, in terms of experience. And he doesn't need to improve fortunes to get involved, I don't think. Mm. You know, he's ultimately, he's finished second to Kew Gardens, albeit, you know, beaten four or five lengths um, in the Asuka, in the in the Queen's Vaz. But, you know, in the context, you know, I think that was a very good performance, you know, comparing their relative states of development and their relative levels of experience. You know, I'd be... I'd be very hopeful he could be right on top of him now on Saturday. Um, I wouldn't say the ground would be an issue. I I can only imagine we we probably should have talked about it at the top, but I can only imagine looking at the forecast. We're we're probably going to race in good ground, Rory. Harry, there's a bit of an ease in it now, but it doesn't seem to be a whole lot of rain forecast between now and then. No, and it drives out pretty quickly. I'd say I'd say just on the fast side of good, but you know, really, it looks like a really good cushion. The turf looks in very very good order there at uh, at Doncaster. Reasonably new turf, of course, as well. Um, and it was um, good to saw soft on places for the first day, but it didn't look that bad. And it, it was quicker again um, for the second day of the meeting. So I think we'll be looking at at, um, uh, at good ground um, that's beginning to get quicker with a bit of cushion. Yeah, um, and, and, uh, and, and, you know, I, and I'd be happy with that. And look, you, you watch a move, he's a big stride in horse. You think Doncaster would suit him. He'd have plenty of time in the straight to go through the gears. And um, look, he's been, I've had him in my mind for the race for a little while, so I'll stick with him. But I'll, I'll just give us a, a mention um, for the Pentagon as well, because he's a bit, a bit of a bigger oh, price God. than he might be. And I knew you'd say that because he's a bit of a cliff horse for a few people now. And, um, you know, I, he was my early season fancy for the Derby. And look, things haven't gone really right for him. But I just think. You know, you, you can forget about his run in the derby. He was he was sacrificed a little bit that day. The Irish derby, he shaped very well from a bad position. And I'd say he could be in a similar boat to Southern France in that he was one of those that was maybe eased off um, after the Irish derby and came back into the Voltature. And, you know, he ran fine. He ran fine, but there was, there was definite promise of better to come. And his his pedigree is just riddled with stamina, absolutely riddled with stamina. And I, I think if the ground was really fast, you'd probably fancy him even more. But I wouldn't like to forget about him. I, I have a feeling 
I just suspect that he'll be one that'll outrun his price here and might just sicken a few people that have been with him a few times this season and let him go here. Um, I, I thought he'd be a shorter price, and because he's such a big price, you know, 25s. 33 um, to 1, Kev. 33s in a place. That's big enough. That's big enough. And of the, you know, the ones that are 16 to 1 plus, he'd he jump out of me now. Um, but Southern France is a selection. Uh, the Pentagon would be, you know, second best each way. And um, that'd, be my, that'd be my knock at the race. The Pentagon is to you what Gilgamesh is to me, basically, this season. But... <laughs> well, to be fair, I haven't actually really tipped him for anything, barred a derby at the start of the season. And, you know, he's been beaten in a few trials since. I've been holding out hope that he'd, um, he'd come good again at some stage. I haven't really been with him. Um, mm-hmm. This is the first time. This this is the first time I've started giving him a bit of a squeeze. I think I will say this um, though: at least he's thirty-three to one. Like he's a big that, price. He's a big old price. That's it. That's it. Look, if he was twelve to one, I probably wouldn't be willing to to give him much of a squeeze. But you know, price dictates, and that's bigger than I thought he'd be. All right, Southern France is fourteen to one. He was beaten last time out by the favourite for the Irish Saint Ledger, which will be live on at the races <laughs> Sunday at the Curra. Is this also the horse that you're interested in, Rory? Yeah, he's definitely, he's one or two again for me. Um, uh, when he was second in the the Queen's Vase, he was only eight weeks into his career, and I think that's something you really got to bear in mind with him. He was uh, beaten in a mile and quarter maiden on his debut. He then was um, was impressive, stepped up on trip next time, but even then he looked like a real project. You know, big, long striding, um, slightly backward colt who you knew was was you know if he was looked after would come into his own in the autumn and. Um, as Kevin says, you, you always thought either he's going to be one for the back end for a race like this or maybe a cup horse for next year. Um, and there's no reason to alter your view um, on what we've seen. The way the, the um, uh, St. Leisure trial was, was run last time didn't suit it, the tactics that were used on him anyway. But of course, Aidan O'Brien uses prep races for, for the ledger like prep races rather than opportunities to, you know, to stamp your authority and say, look at me, I'm a big player. Um, Aiden's happy to ease off them a little bit and bring them in there undercooked, um, uh, knowing that they'll, they'll, uh, they'll arrive at Doncaster in, in top shape. So I'm not particularly worried about that. And again, I wouldn't really, I wouldn't argue with anything Kevin said about him. He's been on my mind for, um, for quite a while. Um, and I wouldn't massively argue with, with uh, the comments on, uh, on the Pentagon either. Oh, I Lord. I backed him in the Derby in the end, and, and um, as, as Kevin said, he was he was up with the up with the pace throughout, and rather rather sacrificed the way the race went. He, he disappointed me a bit there, and um, uh, but again, yeah, you know, I, I completely agree with, with Kevin in terms of, of the pattern of his form. He was given eight weeks off before his before his run in the uh, the Voltage last time out. Um, he is bred to excel over over this sort of trip, and he's clearly been prepared for it. And um, you know, he's. Uh, that's a surprisingly big price. I don't see that 33 is lasting. I think the 25 be under pressure as well. Um, but yeah, the 33 is the standout with one form. I, th- I think he's, he's not my second selection, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't um, argue ah, with him. Ah, um, okay, all right. I was, I was going to say, great oh no, we haven't, we haven't got to my second selection yet. Yeah, here, <laughs> so here we go. So you're both in agreement on Southern France. So we're very, very interested here. 14 to one about him, but Rory Delargy, who is your second pick? Another forgotten horse, DXB. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> uh, again, you know, he's he's to say he's lost his way would, would be would be wrong. If you if you look at the the um, 
the merit of his performances. He's just looked hard work um, since the derby. Again, for a lot of horses, write the Irish derby off. The way that race was run meant that a lot of horses weren't seeing the best effects, and it confuses you trying to draw um, form lines through it. Uh, he was he was very laboured in France after that, but a trip short of a mile and a half, um, not run at an all-out gallop, was not ideal for him. And then he was quite well beaten by Cross Country in the Gordon Stakes, but he still put up a decent um, a decent performance on the clock um, on ground that would have been plenty fast enough for him. And you've got to you've got to look at him last season as well. He was really impressive first time out. He looked an absolute monster on his debut at Goodwood, and then he was he was expected was it the Acom next time out he ran and expected to win that. And he lost his way for a little bit and then bounced back in the autumn again. Um, and if you just, you know, his performances in in um, in the Derby and his prep for the Derby were both very solid. Um, again, he's bred to, I, I think sons of far are likely to be stayers, generally speaking. Um, and he's shaped. He's a big, long striding horse who does nothing quickly. Um, you wouldn't swear on pedigree that he'd be crying out for this trip, but everything about him makes him he looks a bit of a boat doesn't he what he wants he, you know he probably wants a long straight he probably wants roasting up for a long way and he'll just keep galloping now it might be that he's just going a little bit sorry he's not over race for mark johnson horse is he well, <laughs> well, he, he hasn't he's had coming, he's coming here on a six-week break yeah and, and he hasn't had his 26 he, he won't be fit he hasn't had his 26 start of the season like the record-breaking horse for him at york so i guess there is that point that's that's an interesting point to make about him coming back to form in the autumn last year when he beat Move Over and, and then finished second to Kew Gardens. Um, but I, I just wonder if... I guess it's a price aspect for you, really, Rory, is it? Yeah, he's not... If he was if he was priced up on his best form, he'd be what? But he, he wouldn't be a hell of a lot bigger than Kew Gardens. He'd be an 11 to 2, 6 to 1 shot. Yeah. But he's, priced, he's, he's 14, 16 to 1 because people have seen him his last couple of runs and think, ah, he's gone, hasn't he? Um, and I, I take a longer term view. I think there is a risk of that. I think it wouldn't be a massive surprise if he looked as moody as hell and finished midfield or worse um, at the weekend. But I think there's also a decent chance of him bouncing right back to his best and being seen to very good effect the way Aston Ledger has run. So I've got to get involved in him at, at 16s. He'd, he'd be a win-only bet um, because of you know the, the, his nature. Um, but again, as Kevin says, this is a race to have a couple of darts in because... I, I think there are reasons to be, you know, you couple the two at the head of the market, and um, you, you get, you must be getting value elsewhere, elsewhere if, you, if you think that they're underpriced, um, and that's that's the view that I take. That could turn out to be wrong. That's the nature of the game, but um, there has to be value kicking around there somewhere. And if I was pricing this up, there are two, there are probably three horses I'd have insignificantly shorter. Um, DXB is one of them. Um, Southern France is another. And, and I have to say, you know, although I haven't put a minute one of my selections, I think the Pentagon should probably be a 14 or 16 in one shot as well. Interesting. Okay. So it, it kind of is a case then of great minds think alike. I was a bit perplexed there by the DXP selection. I, I honestly was not expecting that. And it kind of put me on the back foot a little bit um, because I'm not entirely certain that he's sure to stay either. Hence why I was a bit silent there when you put him up. But um, Southern France does look as though he will he will improve for the step up. And I think your argument about DXB being a win bet only is a crucial one because really he's either going to run very, very well or a bomb. <laughs> Q, Q, Q third for DXB <laughs> looking hard work all the time but staying on the line. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not, 
he's not he's not one of these you know he's he'll definitely either win or he'll be nowhere but you know uh, i think it's because you want to take two selections against the field on the, on the grounds of value you're either doubling up your stake by backing them each way or you're or you're um you're splitting your stake and making it smaller i'd, I'd rather have a couple of win bets than okay. a race like this is like kevin is southern france your main selection um yeah i suppose so if you know if, if i had to if i had a headline selection it would be southern france because um he's he's done pretty much everything expected of him i know he's only fourth last time out but i think that's everything has gone to plan with him so far and this is his big day whereas if you know dxb has to bounce back and this it's not like this has always been his main target whereas i think with southern france it's it's all been building up to this so he'd be the uh he would just about be the main selection okay the race before the St. Ledger, live on At The Races, is the Champagne Stakes, which is probably one of Vanessa Ryle's favorite races of the season. And we have a red-hot favorite. Two to one on. Now, it's not surprising that Dark Vision is such a short price because the quotes from Mark Johnston after Goodwood, you know, some of us like to watch Ozark on Netflix or... Uh, succession on Sky Atlantic. <laughs> Mark Johnston, all he can do is watch replays of Dark Vision over and over and over again. That's what his quote was. And lo and behold, Godolphin came in and snapped him up because Mark, of course, had a part ownership in the horse and he's now been transferred to the ownership of Godolphin. And on the back of his strong words, he is, of course, Bingo! the two to one on. Fa- Oh, wait, sorry. No, he's not. Too darn hot, two to one on favorite. And Dark Vision's five to one. And Mark has gone a bit. And Mark's gone a bit quiet ever since the horse got sold. Cynics. Well well done, Mark. Nicely played. I think it's a piece of absolute genius. And you deserve every single piece of sovereigns that you managed to squeeze out. Uh, Too darn hot, obviously, was hugely impressive on debut and even more impressive last time out uh, you could argue in a deeper race winning by four lengths from Arthur Kitt uh, Frankie and John Gosden they're teaming up in the St. Ledger for Andrew Lloyd Webber will they be in the winner's enclosure for Lloyd Webber with two darn hot Kevin Blake um, yeah I'd say there would be uh, it's just uh, I was a tiny bit surprised at how this horse is being campaigned um, you know he, he made his winning debut over a mile They've dropped him back to seven, you know, three, just over three weeks later. He's got the job done, did it well, um, did it very well. Very hard to knock the performance. But are we just surprised that they're coming here a fortnight later, over seven again? Rather than the Royal know? Lodge. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the Royal Lodge is two weeks away. It's over a mile. You know, it's at Newmarket. Uh, you know, if they want to suss him out as a potential Guineas horse, you think giving him a spin at Newmarket might be no harm. Um, yeah, it's just a slightly funny one. But look, we, we are where we are. He's declared here. Um, and I expect him to go and win here. You know, Frankie has been very keen to educate this horse as best he can. He'll probably have more opportunity to, to do so here. And I expect him to win and win well. Dark Vision was impressive last time but it was it was a funny set of circumstances that brought about that performance last time um like the sectionals will tell you they went too hard up front and he's come from from well back um having been hampered back to last and i'm not saying he's flattered he ran his race efficiently 
whereas others ran it um, inefficiently. And, you know, his overall time was good. But the point of highlighting the, the way the race was run is just that this race is likely to be a very different circumstance. I think you look at this race and it would be a surprise if they end up going very hard in front here. Mm. You know, you'd be, you, I think you'd be hoping and expecting for and you know an even pace at best so he'll be faced with it with a different set of circumstances um and he'll need to improve for it you know he, he clearly relished the the way the race panned out last time he ran a career best but reproducing that probably wouldn't be good enough to be too darn hot so i, I just think he has a lot in his plate um and the rest you know look felix of spain was, was good last time but this is a this is a, a different story you'd have to say here in terms of opposition. Like two Darren Hot, like, geez, he'd be right at the top of my list for the 2,000 guineas at this stage. Um, I know many people have him as a derby horse primarily because of his pedigree. And of course, he is bred to stay all of a mile and a half. But, um, you know, race course evidence trumps pedigree for me every day of the week. And if you knew nothing of this horse's pedigree and watched his couple of starts to date, um, you would not be talking about him as a as a Derby horse. I don't think you'd be very much thinking of him as a Guinea's horse. Mm. Uh, maybe maybe ten furlong horse, and I could see him very much consolidating his his Guinea's claims here. Um, I think he's a smasher. Uh, last, you know, what he did last time was backed up on the clock. You know, it's very hard to throw a stone at it. He beat a Chesham winner and stomped all over a Chesham winner. You'd have to say. Um, amongst others with, with group enlisted form coming into the table and he did it despite being for me a bit green still uh, and it was only really you know just before the furlong pole that he really kind of went into overdrive and, uh, and started the gallop and uh, I'd say there'd be more to come again and I'd, I'd love to see Frankie you now not just play go safety first here I'd love to see him drop him in behind a few and bring him between a few and even if it means he only wins a length rather than four lengths I'd rather him do that because I think mentally he looks to me like a horse that's just a slow, steady learner, um, you know, without being a complete fool. Like, I think he just, he, he could do with a bit of education. And um, this could be a good opportunity to do so. You know, fair track, smallish field. Um, I, that's what I'd like to see. But that's being greedy. I'm sure as long as he goes and wins, everyone will be happy. And um, I would be shocked if he's um, if he's beat. Yeah, I would be too. And look, all the joking aside about Dark Vision, he is unbeaten and has won at Goodwood. But it's worth bearing in mind, Rory, that the two horses that Dark Vision beat at Goodwood were absolutely destroyed by two darn hot at Sandown last time out. So your assessment of this race? Yeah, much the same. Again, much the same as Kevin. Including, we're, we're singing for that same I know. Song sheet, we? What's going on here? <laughs> this didn't used to happen, did it? We need to get back to the jumps. Normally, again, yeah, exactly. Um, Once we're back to the jumps, you two will be going to war with each other again. With, yeah, we, we we didn't talk much about Phoenix of Spain. He's an interesting one as well. But I, I, the other point I agree with with Kevin is if I was if it was my horse in this race, I, his biggest chance of getting beaten is if he travels well on the shoulder of the leader and has produced, you know, he's going too well, so Frankie has to produce him at the two furlong pole and send him to win his race. Because both Dark Vision and Phoenix of Spain are horses, I would say, who wouldn't be the quickest in the world. Neither of them, I would say, although they both come from off the pace to win in good style in their uh, in their prep races, uh, Phoenix of Spain in the Acom um, and um, Dark Vision in the Vintage, They've both needed that race to be set up for them and have come sweeping down the wing to win that race. 
Uh, and I think that that's the kind of race they want. They would need um, to be set up again to suit them. Whereas if Frankie sat behind them, first of all, it would confuse the others, hoping to have a target to aim at. Uh, and there's no doubt that um, if, if um, Dark Vision and Phoenix of Spain um, were alongside or marginally ahead of um, Too Darn Hot in a slowly run race with the furlong to go, he would absolutely swamp them for speed. It, it took him a, a few strides just to get his um, his act together at Sandown. That was just inexperience. But when he did quicken, he quickened really well. I don't think either Phoenix of Spain or Dark Vision have got an explosive turn of foot. I think that I think they're they're stayers in the making. They're both big, long striding horses who will be suited by the track in a in a strongly run race. But a slowly run, messy race would actually suit the favourite a lot better. And um, at the same time, it would also teach him something. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what the tactics are. But, you know, the, the danger of him getting beat is that he travels too well, gets to the front. It's, you know, it's 101 all over by the shouting, and then he paddles a bit in front, and one of these strong stairs comes and does him. I don't really see that happening, and I, I don't want to be against him even at two's on. And we do want to see exciting horses, and even though he is such a short price favourite, it would be good to see him just bolt up on at the races and possibly maybe the racing post trophy at the end of the season would be his his final season target maybe they'd go for the Jewhurst but uh, irrespective you want to see him win and, and you'd like to see something put up a, a decent test to him as well uh, of the O'Brien pair uh, Aiden won this race last year with Seahenge and I see uh, back in 2008 Super Pistachio that was not the horse's name it's another it was Westphalia it was, was it? I was going to say I'm thinking it's Westphalia Pistachio Super Pistachio, they they just love uh, changing horses' names when uh, they go to Hong Kong. Um, it might it might not be Westphalia. Check. I, I have a feeling it was. Uh, but anyway, irrespective of the horse who was destined to win the two thousand guineas, only to lose me a load of money. Uh, Van Beethoven does at, at times he's shown, particularly that defeat of Maurice Diamond. Um, is there any case to be made for him at all, or is this just a matter of sit back and watch Too Darn Hot go and win, Kevin? Um, yeah, it was Westphalia. Um, yeah, look, I, I that that'd be the way I look at it now. You know, Cardini has. I, I suspect he he looks horrendously exposed. Obviously, I suspect he'll find a bit more improvement. I think he's just been a slow learner, but this is, you know, too much too soon. Almost certainly, Van Beethoven might be the opposite. We might have already seen the best of him, and he does look quite exposed. Um, you know, he he ran very well in, in the Marble Hill. If what seems like ages ago, and he probably hasn't come forward all that much from there. Um, so yeah, that that I'd be surprised if they got in the mix now. Okay, the two twenty five is the Allen Wood Plumbing and Heating Park Stakes, a Group Two. Oh yeah, Alan. I asked the lad. Yep, fair play to you, Alan, for all your wood plumbing and heating park needs. I presume, if you need your pipe sorted out, lads, Alan Wood's your man. I presume it's just the park stakes and it's not heating. Uh, but <laughs> he, he doesn't have a heating park. Yeah. Although I've just, seen one of the races described as the Childers Sticks, <laughs> as if someone thinks that the, the, the sponsor is somebody flying. <laughs> uh, there are other plumbers and heating specialists available. And many but they're not them. as good as Alan Wood. Well, many, many, many of them listen to the Final Furlong podcast and you do great work. Uh, Dubai would be my selection. The boys have absolutely no interest in talking about it whatsoever. But 
Rory Delargy loves a handicap and the William Hill Portland handicap. Five and a half furlongs. You've got one lined up for his Rory. Swing for the fences, my friend. You've got one lined up for us, Emma. That was, that was the off-air discussion. Come on. This has been the plan. This has been the diary. plan. All season long. The old cliff horse in. All season long, you can ignore everything that has gone before. <laughs> they have been waiting for this day. I got the phone call. I know for a fact that the big boss man is getting a private helicopter and flying in on the day. And he's already told the stable staff that he's taking them all out for a lobster dinner right after the race. This oh, is a bridal job with bells on. This is a smokescreen job, and it is a final furlong podcast maximum bet. <laughs> Frankie Dettori on board. Blue de Vega can't be beaten, lads. Get stuck in. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the day. <sighs> I am being sarcastic for any of you who decide to go, oh my God, I need to take out a substantial... I don't think anybody, I, to, be, to be fair, Kenners, I don't think anybody backs their tips to this stage. <laughs> Catching pigeons on the gallops. Blue de Vega will go and bolt up. Uh, Rory, do you have a selection for this race? Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't look the strongest of Portland's um, that I've seen. No. I, I would be reasonably interested in Richard Guest's You Don't do do you um who won a fairly competitive handicap at um at windsor last night annoyingly for me because i'd napped the second sign of Leco, where i thought was a good oh. thing um and he's got four points for that which i thought was would be fair enough um that was over six he's got form over five as well he's strictly speaking better on the all weather um but he's well treated on the pick of his form he's, he's a hundred plus horse on polytrack and he's rated 92 now on turf as i said there aren't that many Aren't that many improvers in the field? Mm. Um, and he's really got his act together. It's been a tough full season for, for Guesty, but I think there are one or two uh, shining lights in there. And this horse might have been just kept aside for a decent handicap. Um, the other one who's vaguely interesting to me is, is um, Musica of uh, David Amara's. Um, he's not particularly reliable. Um, he's more likely to run a stinker than a good race. But he did get his, his head back in front at Thirst last time out um, with the headgear off. Um, they've been trying him in, in a visor for most of the season. Um, decided to, to um, get shot of that and he looked a bit more straightforward uh, finding a bit for pressure when winning narrowly at Thursk. Uh, four pounds for that is fair enough in the pick of his form um, and if he fancies it he could go very close. Okay and finally Kevin Blake's got one lined up for you in the nursery right after the St. Ledger 10 past 4 live and at the races who do you fancy Kevin Blake? Uh, the Trader. Trained by our pal Mark Johnson. Top weight in the nursery. Can't get beat. Everyone loves that system. Yeah, it's, um, <laughs> it's a golden system, this. No, he's, he's a really interesting horse, this fella, because I can only imagine there's something really wrong with him. <laughs> because he's by Master Craftsman. Out of, out of a Group 1 winner, Chinese White. Yeah, and yeah. he only made 16,000 as a yearling. So that's 1-6. 16,000. There must be something horrendously wrong with Very him. Very wrong. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, Mark Johnson buys this type of horse all the time with lots of pedigree and something wrong with them or some reason why the market just rejects them, essentially. And um, and this fellow's a racehorse. 
Um, he won his maiden second to, his his novice, I should say, second time of asking at Beverly. But it was the performance at Chester that I really liked. He was odds on, but uh, but I really liked the way he did it. Um, hooked away on the inside there when he got into the clear, he burst away and looked like a stakes horse in the making for me. Um, then they put him up at the stakes company behind a very good horse called Watron, and uh, he just over the trip over seven furlongs, he probably just paid the price for trying to keep tabs on what was going on on the front end and I think the step up to a mile will be key here and um, you know he, I think he's a, he's probably a proper stayer in the making in my mind and uh, a mark of 91 might just underestimate him and uh, this is a fair dropping a big dropping class for him and I haven't seen any tissue price or anything like that but no no one's ima- available yet I'd imagine he'll be prominent in the market but yeah I I I'd fancy him there. I think he'll take a bit of beating. This sounds 15, like a Kevin... fifteen to two. I see on a tissue here. <clears throat> fifteen to what? Fifteen to two on the oh, on the uh, time time form betting forecast. Thought he might be um, more like fifteen to eight. Whoa! <laughs> I, I think he might be. I think he might be by the time uh, this podcast goes to air. Um, is this horse getting the Kevin Blake two thumbs up? Um. Yeah. Yeah. We'll give it to him. Yeah. I think he's. An, I think he's a real nice horse. And. Um, this trip should help bring out something like the best in them, or certainly a lot better than we saw last time. And then, yeah, I'd be I'd be pretty disappointed if he found a way to get beat here. Okay. Well, there's fantastic racing in Ireland as well at Leopardstown and the Curra for Irish Champions Weekend. We are previewing that in a second podcast. You're getting two podcasts to preview the weekend's action, uh, so you can listen to that one straight after this. But let's get the best bet from the team. And to catch him on the hop, Kevin Blake first. The trader. <laughs> Too easy. <laughs> Rory Delargy, your best ready, bet. Ready for you that time. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, your best bet of the weekend. Uh, let me let me dig out. This, um, this horse is um, declared. Um, he said, hoping it is declared. Um, there, there'll be a few people who would fancy made up to run well in the uh, in this adventure. Um, <clears throat> Given how progressive she is, but if I dig back form book a few runs, he said slowly, hoping it's a little bit quicker than it is to buy himself, <laughs> to buy himself some more time. When she was when she started her winning run, <laughs> yeah, when she started her winning run, <laughs> she she won a not to eighty at um, Goodwood uh, back in the day. This this delaying tactic is off. It's a very Parker Memorial. It's a Red Parker, of course, uh, the owner of Seagram, among many other decent horses. And uh, when she won that race, she pulled clear with another filly, clear of the third horse. And the filly she beat called Love to Breeze. And Love to Breeze waiting for the loading here. This is, this is not a great idea. This is, this is, made, this is made all the better by the ah, fact that your internet connection matter. is the absolute no, no, worst. No, not declared. Oh, no. I don't believe it. It's not this even Ran a temporary uh, uh. Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Final Furlong podcast in joke of the highest order. That is. Like, I'm, I'm leaving that in. That's not coming out. That stays in. Even though your internet connection was absolutely horrific because that was some golden time filling. Like every now and again, 
a producer will say to you, "No, we can't go to break yet. No, we we can't we can't go yet. Can fill, 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 fill some time." And that was a absolute brilliant example of that from Rory Delargy. So without that horse, who will instead be anyway? The, 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 oh right, would you like me to find another one? I would. <laughs> I don't. I don't think you would. To be perfectly honest. Uh, joking aside, though, stick love to breeze in your tracker. Um, <laughs> I Southern will France, go with Southern France. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy days. All right, that is our look. Oh, do we have to say? Do we have to say Southern France? I'd, I'd go with no. I'd go with Southern France. Okay. I think that'll do. Just you know, just in tribute to that great commentator. <laughs> <laughs> and on that bombshell. That's our look at the St. Ledger meeting at Doncaster, which we will review for you on Monday's show. Uh, the Irish Champions Weekend podcast is available for you as well at attheraces.com. And as I said, there are s- some fantastic insights and comments on attheraces.com. Uh, looking ahead, brilliant tips as well. Great insight on the At The Races site uh, on the St. Ledger page specific page dedicated to one of the biggest days racing of the year check it out at theraces.com from rory delargy good night and good luck from kevin blake good luck and from me emish kennedy we'll see you in about a minute on the final furlong podcast thanks very much for listening talk to you soon god bless the final furlong podcast is sponsored by unibet sign up now using code atr-30 to get your welcome offer begambleaware.org 18 plus Have you downloaded the free At The Races app yet? With easy to use race cards and form, expert daily tips, plus video replays and in-app betting, it's the app that no racing fan's phone should be without. Available for free on your iPhone or Android mobile, visit attheraces.com forward slash app for more details.